I just want to take a moment just to thank Jesus for what he did for us. We were just talking, we were just singing out to Jesus and how hail King Jesus. He is the king of our lives. He is the king of our hearts. He's the one that died on a cross for our sins and arose from the dead so that we could be with him for all of eternity. So I just want to take a moment to thank Jesus for what he did for us, for all of us here, for all of humanity, that we could one day if we reach out to him, if we reach out to his hand and grasp onto it, I just want to thank Jesus for just a moment. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and thank Jesus for what he did for us. Father, I just want to thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. There is no greater act of love, no greater ultimate love that you showed for us than the fact of the matter that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. And so I just want to thank you, God, that not only did he die on the cross, but that he rose from the dead, that he, through the power of, of the Father, you, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, that he was able to rise from the dead so we could be with you one day for all of eternity. And so we thank you for that, Lord. And I just want to pray today that as you speak to us, I pray, God, that we would open up our hearts to what you would have to say to us, that we would listen to you, and that we would continue doing what it is that you have called us to do in our lives. Let us be obedient to you and what you've called us to do. And I already know, Lord, that when we are obeying you, that we are more fulfilled than we have ever been before. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, maybe you are watching on, uh, maybe you're watching live right now. Maybe you're listening to a, a one of our many podcasts, or maybe you're listening to a, a VOD or on YouTube. I want to welcome you to God Squad Church. My name is Boz. I'm the community care pastor here at God Squad Church, one of the lead team pastors, and I have the privilege to bring to you the message for today. And I've entitled the message, When God Speaks to You. And we're going to go through three different things today about what happens when God actually does speak to you. What does that look like? And then how do what, where do we actually go from there? But I wanted to start this off by asking you guys a question. How many, and you could put a five in the chat, you could put 37 in the chat, I don't care. How many of you have ever picked up a scam phone call before? On purpose. I'm talking like you, you you see your phone and it says scam threat and you actually pick it up on purpose because I know that I have. I have many times picked up those phone calls on purpose. And here's the reason why I picked them up. I feel if I can take as many minutes away from that person as I possibly can, that's actually allowing them not to be able to call somebody else to be able to try to scam somebody. And so I go through all sorts of different things with them. I tell them the the wrong car that I actually don't have. I tell them weird zip codes of 111111. I even put six ones in there just to, just for the fun of it. And then I tell them I live in Atlantis. Most of the time they hang up on me at that point, but I did get one person who was like, I can't find Atlantis on our list. Can you tell me what state that's in? I was like, okay, we, we move it. We go in, we go hard in the paint here. Um, there was one time I told the person, my, they, can I have your first and last name? I said, Harry Potter. And the person goes, okay, I see. And they hung up on me. I did this all the time though. <laughs> this is something that me and my wife, we, we, she's like, oh, put it on speaker. This is something that we do with each other actually. So I do that a lot. But the fact of the matter is, is when you pick up a scam call, they don't know who you are 
and I don't know who they are. I don't know what their name is. I don't know where they live. I don't know what their family life is like. I have no idea who they are. And the reason why is because I don't have a relationship with them at all. But I know that when my wife calls me and I pick up, all she needs to say is hi. And even, even, without, even without caller ID and stuff like that, right? She just needs to say hi. And I already know who it is. And the reason why is because I already know what her voice sounds like. I've literally heard my wife's voice every single day for like the past 15 years of my life. And so I know exactly what her, her voice sounds like. I know if she's upset. I know if she's happy. I can tell just by her saying hi exactly how she's doing. But it's because of the relationship and the closeness and the connectedness that we have. I don't know if connectedness is a word. But the connection that we have with each other. And you probably have that too. Whether it's your spouse calling you or your family, somebody, your sibling, your best friend calling you. You can tell who it is just by the sound of their voice because you have a deep, personal, close relationship with that individual. Let me ask you guys another question, and I know this is gonna sound like it doesn't tie in at all, but maybe maybe you have been sent on a quest to go to the store for your wife or your husband or somebody in your family, and husbands out there, you probably all have done this at some point in your life when you have been sent on that special quest to go pick up almond milk and gluten-free pitas, and you go to the store, and you're walking down the aisle, and you get distracted by Oreos. Let me tell you, those Oreos have distracted me multiple times. And so what do I do? I pick up the Oreos, I pick up a bag of chips, and I get home and I completely forget about the almond milk and the gluten-free pitas that I was supposed to pick up in the first place. We've all done it before. I will tell you, a grocery list goes a long way. But the fact of the matter is, I got distracted in the middle. My wife told me something. I heard her. I even listened. And then I went to the store to go do what it was but then I got distracted along the way. And like I said, I know those two questions, they don't really seem like they're gonna fit together, but we're gonna continue moving along and I'll show you guys how they do connect together a little bit. Because I do think, I do think that these things, we can apply this to our spiritual lives as well. You see, God sometimes calls us to do something, but we don't necessarily discern whether it's actually God speaking to us or something else that's speaking to us. It's, it can be hard sometimes to discern whether God is speaking to us or not. When we do actually discern it's God's voice, though, then we have to actually listen to him and not get distracted from outside things. And then finally, when we listen to God, we don't just hear what he says, but we actually listen to him. We then need to actually go and do what he says as well. And sometimes it means taking a step out of your comfort zone. Maybe it takes a little bit more time to go in the direction that God has called you to go in. Which leads me into my first point. And my first point, and this is going to be interesting, guys, because I got like three sections of each point. So bear with me here. Uh, I hope that I hope that you guys can can follow along with me. But my first point is the right quest symbol. Now, many of you know that I am a massive Skyrim fan. Skyrim is probably in my top five, top 10 games of all time. I absolutely love the game and I am not proud to admit, I probably sank about 1500 or more hours unmodded into Skyrim over the past 11 years and the 9,057 iterations that there has been of this game. I have played multiple iterations of the game. I've played the special edition. I played the special special edition. I played the first edition of game. There's even an Amazon edition apparently, like an Amazon uh, Echo edition. I don't even know how that works. But anyways, 
There's so many different iterations of this game, and I've sank so many hours into this game because I really loved it. I loved immersing myself into the environment. I love the music in Skyrim. It just helps me to just uh, to, to honestly relax. I love, love, love the game. But here's the thing in Skyrim, when you open up the quest menu, there's all sorts of different quests. You have side quests, you have companion quests, you have the College of Winterhold quests, you have the Thieves Guild quests, you have the DLC quests, you have all sorts of different quests but then you have the main quest line as well. And without playing this game, you might not know what the main quest symbol looks like. And so we're gonna throw up on screen really quick the quest symbols that are, that are actually in Skyrim. And so as you guys can see here, you have multiple different quest symbols. You have, uh, and some of them, they look a lot alike. So you have the Civil War quests and the, and the Daedric quests at the bottom. Honestly, there is not a big difference between the two. It's just a little symbol. And so you can kind of get those two quests kind of mixed up. You also have the College of Winterhold quest and the Thieves Guild quest. One of them has an eye in the middle and the Thieves Guild quest almost looks like a key at the end of it, but still fairly similar. The only one that actually stands out is the side quests, which is weird because the side quests actually don't matter in the game at all. And so the side quests, that's just like, it, that's the only one that stands out. But even the main quests and the companions quests, those are even interchangeable as well. One, yeah, is a lot longer than the other, but the fact of the matter is, is if you haven't played a ton of time in this game, you might get some of these quests mixed up. But because I put 1,500 hours into this game, because I, you know, even after, after probably five or six hours, I started realizing, oh, this is a main quest symbol. Maybe I should be doing this instead of doing this. Or, hey, I want to follow the Winterhold quests right now, so maybe I should be following this quest symbol. But without putting those hours into the game, I actually wouldn't realize the differences between the quest symbols. So right now we're going to read from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And it should be up on the screen for you, and this is from the CSB version. And it starts off like this in verse 1. It says, The boy Samuel served the Lord in Eli's presence. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare and prophetic visions were not widespread. One day, Eli, whose eyesight was failing, was lying in his usual place. Verse 3, Before the lamp of God had gone out, Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, when the, where the ark of the Lord was located. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. He ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. I didn't call, Eli replied. Go back and lie down. I feel like I've had this conversation with my wife multiple times in the middle of the night. So he went and lay down again. Once again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up. He went to Eli. He said, here I am. You called me. I didn't call my son, he replied. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Once again, for the third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up went to Eli and said, he, Samuel must be really tired at this point. He's not sleeping at all, right? He got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the boy. You see, in verse 7, it says that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. When I asked you guys at the beginning about the scam call and about maybe when your spouse or somebody in your family calls, 
the fact that matters, you have a relationship with that person. So you know exactly what their life is going to, their, what their, what their voice is going to sound like. Samuel at this point has not heard the Lord. He has served the Lord in what he's doing because of what Eli is telling him to do. And he's serving in, in that place in that time, but he had not given his heart to the Lord yet. He it had not been revealed to him. So he thought, and he, he had the right reply. He had the right reply. Here I am, Eli. But the fact of the matter was he was replying to the wrong person because he didn't know that it was the Lord calling him because he didn't yet know the Lord. You see, a question that I receive a lot of times as a pastor is, how do I know if God is talking to me? How do I know if it's not just me telling myself something, me saying something is convenient in my life, so I'm telling myself something? And my very first question that I ha give to that person is, well, you know, how is your relationship with God? How deep is your relationship with God? How much do you spend time with him on a daily basis? If I spent time with my wife once a week or once a month, let me tell you, my relationship with my wife would not be deep at all. It would be a very shallow relationship. What is your relationship like with God? Do you pray to him daily? Do you dig deep into his word? Do you spend time in his presence, allowing him to communicate to you? Do you trust him in all aspects of your life? Do you trust him with your relationship? Do you trust him with your family? Do you trust him with your finances? What are the aspects in your life that you actually trust God with? Because these are all things that we need to be doing to grow in a deeper relationship with God. And I got to tell you, if we're not in a deep, connected relationship with God, I would be very surprised to hear people saying, I hear from God all the time. Because to be completely honest, we need to be in a relationship with God so we can discern his voice to us. Just like Samuel, he, he didn't know who God was yet. It had not been revealed to him yet. He didn't have that relationship yet because he didn't yet know the Lord. And so Eli who did know the Lord, revealed to Samuel, this is the Lord speaking to you. And then Samuel had to go and listen himself. You can't expect to know God's voice if you don't have a relationship with him. Another thing that I would say is, does what you heard actually line up with the Bible? Does it line up with the word of God? It, it, this is so important because so many times I've had people come to me and say, well, this is what the word of God says. This is what it says. And I say, "That's you're taking it out of content text. You're trying to make it convenient for yourself. We need to, we need to look at the word of God and what is God actually saying? Does what you heard line up with the Bible? Now I'm going to go into the third part of each point, which is my call to go on a mission trip. I'm not going to tell what country it was, but I went on a mission trip overseas and uh, my friend Patrick, I was at a youth camp. It was my senior year transitioning into college. So it was that summer. And my friend Patrick, we, he, we were in the dorm room and he was telling me, he was pacing back and forth in the room like crazy. He was like, God is telling me something right now. He's like, we are supposed to go on this trip. We're supposed to go to this country. We're supposed to, we're supposed to go there for God. And like, I started feeling it as well. And I was like, oh my goodness, you're, you're right. Like I, all of a sudden I started feeling the presence of God as well. And so we started talking about it together and we were really excited. And so we, we, we had all these plans that week, but then, you know, summer happened 
And so I'll go on with that in a little bit. But here's the fact that matter is I knew that it was a call of God. I had discerned that this was God's voice. I had discerned that this is what God was calling me to do during that time. So we get into the next point, and it's the right quest. And I'll finish that testimony as we go along in the sermon. The right quest. We're going to go back to Skyrim a little bit again. And I will admit I am not the best person when it came to focusing on a quest in uh, in Skyrim. Uh, normally, I would start a quest and I would sink into what I call the Skyrim wormhole and I would get wrapped up in something. I would start a winter hold quest or one of the DLC quests or maybe I would even start a main quest and I'd find a journal, which takes me on another quest. And then I'd find a guy, which takes me on another quest. And then I'd find a cave, which takes me on another quest. And all of a sudden, I find myself on the exact opposite side of the map than where I was in the first place and where I was supposed to actually be going. I've taken 15 hours of my day. I forgot to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Hashtag real gamers for the win. And I didn't even complete the one thing that I started off in the first place. I discerned what the right quest was but I didn't listen to what it was actually telling me to do. And so I'd get stuck into this wormhole. You see, when we finally recognize God's voice in our lives and we rightly discern that it's actually him that's speaking to us, we sometimes get distracted by other things in life. And we don't necessarily listen to what he's telling us to do. We ask so much in our lives, and I know that I've done this too. We ask so much for God to speak to us But when he actually does, there are times if we honest, we just don't listen to him too much. But when God does speak to us, I got to tell you, we got to make sure that we don't get distracted in those times. We got to make sure that we don't get distracted. We need to listen to him. We need to have the the, the response like like Samuel had, right? In the beginning, here I am, Eli. Here I am, Eli. He was, he was, listen, he was responding to the wrong person, but at least he was responding. He didn't know that it was God speaking to him, but we need to have the response like Eli or like Samuel. Here I am. Here I am. I'm here. Let's move on in the story though. Samuel chapter one, first Samuel chapter, or chapter three, sorry, verses nine through 10. So this is after Samuel gets up three times and it says he who is Eli, he told Samuel, go lie down. If he calls you, say this, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came, stood there, and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel responded, speak, for your servant is listening. Samuel didn't know that it was God before but we need to have the response like Samuel did. And now he actually says, okay, now that I know it's God, speak, I'm listening. I didn't just hear you. I didn't just hear you talking to me. Speak, I'm going to listen. I'm going to take it in at this point in time. How many times in your life when you've discerned that it's God's voice, have you actually listened to God? Took the time, made yourself available to listen to God. I was at a church planning training one time, and I'll never forget this because it was kind of an eye-opening moment for me. And I was sitting there, and he was talk- this guy was talking about prayer, and he was like, listen, prayer is great. We need to you know, be in supplication for other people. We need to thank God. He went through all the different things to pray, but then he said, you need to shut up sometimes. And he didn't mean it in a mean way, 
But he said, you just need to stop talking and shut up. Be in the presence of God. Let God do his work. Let God speak to you. And I'm not saying that God can't speak to you when you're speaking, but sometimes we need to just be in his presence. You see, we see Samuel here. He made himself available. He wasn't praying. He wasn't serving. He wasn't doing anything. He went back to go lie down to go to sleep. And then God decided to speak to him again a fourth time. Sometimes we just need to make ourselves available and listen for what God is trying to say to us. I do think that God speaks to us in multiple different ways. One way that a lot of people hear about, we hear about this mostly in the Bible, is in an audible way, right? I've personally never heard God speak audibly, but I know people who have and who have claimed that they've heard God speak audibly to them, which must be an absolutely amazing experience. So God can do that. That's uh, not really the most common way that I've heard, but God can do that, right? God speaks in his own terms and in his own way. One time, I'll, I, I'll rem- I remember he spoke to me when I was at work. I was working at a factory back when I still lived in Connecticut. I had been called to move down to Virginia. My wife had been called to move down to Virginia. We were definitely trying to do so, but there was like 18 and a half things that we needed to go to fall into the right place for us to actually be able to move and need to fall in the right place quickly. But about six months before I moved, I was at work. I was probably listening to a stream or listening to music or something. There's no reason for me to be doing this. I was working in the factory, like I said, looking under a microscope at some parts because I was in the quality control department for medical uh, pieces. I was looking at all the pieces, and all of a sudden, God spoke to me. And I didn't hear it audibly, but I knew that it was God because I just felt the presence of God so much. And all he said was this, now watch what I can do. And that was so powerful to me. It was so powerful because I, listen, in that time, I knew what it meant to an extent. But man, after he said that, things started changing in my life like nobody's business. Like I said, things started falling into place when things seemed impossible that they were going to fall into place. God had called me and my wife to move down to Virginia, but I was saying to God every single day, it is impossible for us to move down unless you do something. And then I was at work one day and he said, now watch what I can do. And that was huge. But I knew that it was God speaking to me. I had discerned that it was his voice. Now watch what I can do, he said. God also speaks through his word, through the Bible, when we're open and willing to receive what he's saying to us as well. And then finally, another way that God speaks to us is through other people. And now I want, I do want to say this. A lot of times when somebody comes to me and they say, God told me this to give to you, I take it with a grain of salt. I don't completely, you know, completely uh, just throw it to the wayside, but I do take it with a grain of salt sometimes. But if you have like four or five or six people come your way and say, hey, this is something that God's telling me to do, or maybe five or six people come to you and they say, hey, this is something that you shouldn't be doing. You should probably listen to those people because they're probably right. (laughs) I'm just going to say that right now listening to those people because God can speak to you as well through those times and through people. And so going back to my testimony, when I was called on the mission trip that I talked about previously, after the youth camp that I went to, I didn't really think about it anymore. I got home. I was really excited about it. I told my mom, I said, hey, mom, God called me to go to this country on a mission trip. She said, okay, honey, like, okay. You know, she talked to me about it a little bit and then life got in the way. I got distracted. 
I was, I was moving into college for the first semester ever. There was a big transition going on in my life. I didn't know what work was going to look like. I didn't know what money was going to look like as I was going to college. And so I just got distracted and I didn't do anything about the mission trip that I had supposedly been called on by God. And so I just let it fall to the wayside and drop the whole entire thing altogether. But when God speaks to us, we need to listen and then we need to have that follow through and we need to go in the right direction, which is my third point. We need to go in the right direction. Going back to Skyrim one more time, the few times that I actually did focus in on a quest, which was not very many times, but the few times that I did focus in on a quest and I click on the quest, a marker would pop up on your map and it shows you exactly where you need to go. Now, I'm one of those people, I took the most unconventional way to be able to get to my quests. I'll be completely honest. I probably killed, if you guys have watched my stream before and when I'm playing Skyrim, I probably killed hundreds of horses trying to get even just to a couple of quests. I'm scaling up mountains. I'm scaling down mountains with horses and they're all dying. The first, the very first clip actually of my stream for my stream intro on my personal stream, it, it, it's literally of a, of a horse in Skyrim dying because I just fell off of mountains and all sorts of other things. I probably killed my own self trying to scale up and down mountains, mashing my space bar 5,000 times trying to get up a mountain when it'd be just a lot easier probably just to walk around it. But I went the most unconventional way to get to that quest, but I would make it to that quest. I don't care how many, how many lakes I would have to cross and how many times I would drown and how many times that I would do this and that. I would get to that quest eventually. <laughs> but Skyrim makes it really, really easy. Developers made it really, really easy to get to your next quest if you just follow the road. And it, the, the road is littered with signs. This way is Riften. This way is Stormhaven. I know where exactly I need to go. If I go this way, I'm going towards my quest because my quest is in Riften. Really, really easy. Took a little bit more time. It actually probably took less time than I think about it, how many times I killed horses and things like that. But I went the most unconventional route. But if I just followed the way that the game was actually created and the way it was supposed to be, it would have been a lot easier in the first place. Just follow the signs. And a quick look at a map, it does a lot of good in your life, let me tell you, in that game. And so following God's direction, though, when he speaks to you and you listen to him, it, that's the best thing to do. But it isn't always the easiest thing, and it's not always in your comfort zone. And so we're going to see what happens to Samuel here in First uh, Samuel chapter 3, verses 11 through 18, finish off the story that Samuel had in this part of his life. It says, the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do something in Israel that will cause everyone who hears about it to shudder. Let me tell you something. Samuel's about 12 or 13 years old at this point. If you're 12 or 13 and God said, I'm about to do something in America that will cause everyone who hears about it to shudder, I'd be like, all right, well, well something's happening. Verse 12. On that day, I will carry out against Eli everything I said about his family from beginning to end. I told him that I'm going to judge his family forever because of the, the iniquity or the sin he knows about. His sons are cursing God and he has not stopped them. Therefore, I have sworn to Eli's family, the iniquity of Eli's family will never be wiped out by either sacrifice or offering. Samuel 12-year-old Samuel lay down until morning. Then he opened the doors of the Lord's house. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called to him and said, Samuel, my son, here I am. The same response he had. 
Here I am, answered Samuel, even after what he, what he heard from God. Here I am. What was the message he gave to you? Eli asked. Don't hide it from me. May God punish you and do so severely if you hide anything from me that he told you. So Samuel told them everything and did not hide anything from him. Eli responded, He is the Lord. Let him do what he thinks is good. Eli's response here, let me tell you, that's a whole nother sermon and a story of it, of itself, but hearing about what God is going to do in your family and saying that he's the Lord, let him do what is good. We need to have that response as well, but that's a whole nother sermon in and of itself. But here's the thing. Samuel did something that was super uncomfortable, right? But after he does this, he gets confirmed as a prophet of the Lord for Israel. Samuel is now fulfilling his calling. It was so difficult, I'm sure, for 12, 13-year-old Samuel, a very young child, to go to Eli and basically tell him, hey, God's going to judge your sons. And literally what this meant was that your two sons are going to be killed. And then when his when Eli finds out about it, he falls out of his chair and breaks his neck and he dies. You guys think the Bible isn't interesting? It's super interesting. Go to the next chapter. <laughs> but anyways, the fact of the matter is, Samuel fulfilled what God's call was in his life, and literally, it wouldn't just change Samuel's life, but it would change the entire life uh, of Israel forever. You see, Samuel went on to be a prophet, like I said, but he wasn't just a prophet. He he wasn't just a prophet. He was also called by God to anoint other kings of Israel. He was the first person to anoint the first human king of Israel. Why do I say human king? Because God is the king of Israel. God is the king of all nations. And he was supposed to be the king over Israel in the beginning, but they wanted a human king just like all the other nations. And so he goes and he says, all right, I'm going to anoint the first human king of Israel and he anoints King Saul. And then after that, maybe you heard this person of this person if you grew up in church or grew up in uh, Sunday school. He anoints King David, very, very, very high figure in the Bible. We hear all about him all the time. He's in the line of Jesus Christ, all these different things. But if it wasn't for Samuel listening to the Lord in the beginning and then following his direction, he wouldn't have known what the call was in his life if he didn't listen and follow it. But God's call in Samuel's life was so big, and because he followed it, he was able to fulfill that calling. So when you follow God's direction, even if it seems hard, even if it seems like it's out of your comfort zone, it will fulfill the calling that God had given you for that time. So now I want to finish the testimony of what I had when I went on the mission trip overseas. Like I said, I had been, I discerned the voice of God. God had called me to go on a mission trip, but then throughout the summer, I maybe heard God, but I didn't really listen to him. So there had to be some follow through, right? God had to change my mind in some way. And like I said, I took the most unconventional route in Skyrim. I took a very unconventional route to listening and doing what God had called me to do. I was at a young adult conference. Uh, This was about October of 2006, I believe it was, 2006. And this man named Chris, he got up in front and he was talking about the mission trip that, uh, that I had been told about that past summer. And he said, there is one of you in here that is supposed to go on this mission trip and you have not given me the go yet. It was like God sitting right next to me saying, listen, you have been denying this for months now. You heard me. You didn't listen to me. And now you're going to have to do it 
a different way. I knew that God was speaking to me in that moment, and I realized that that one person was me. So I went to talk to that person, Chris, afterwards, and I said, hey, uh, that one person that you were talking about, it was me. Um, when do I have to give it a go that I'm going on this trip? Because even though I was 18 years old, I was still living in my parents' house. I want to tell you, if you're 18 years old, I understand you're an adult. If you live under your parents' house and they feed you, you still listen by their rules. But here's the fact of the matter. I still lived in my parents' house, right? And so I said, when do I need to give you to go? And he said, right now. I was like, not like tomorrow morning. He said, no, I need to know by tonight because I got to send out the list. So God was telling me, still pulling on my heart. He said, just tell him that you're going. So I said, all right, I'm going on the mission trip. Then I called my parents at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Now my mom's bedtime is normally like six, seven o'clock because she wakes up at like two o'clock in the morning every day to spend time with God. But the fact of the matter is I, um, I uh, called her at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> Wasn't my, my, my best choice as a young adult. And I said, mom, I'm going on a mission trip overseas to this country this Christmas. And here is the response I got. I will call you back in the morning after I talk to your father, and I will give you the response that I have when I'm actually awake. That struck fear into my heart. <laughs> now, I want to tell you guys, my parents are amazing. I love my parents. They're God-fearing people. They love the Lord. But the fact of the matter is when you hear your mom speaking like that, the one that's probably the least stern of the two, you know that there's some fear being struck into your heart in that moment. I'll never forget that, that call. And after I told my parents and I talked to them, it did cause some division in my family. Um, my dad had told me that I was not going to be able to finish college and that I, he was going to force me to go into the military. Um, and I said, okay, I'm still going. And over the next few months, you know, we continued talking about it a little bit. And he said, okay, only if you're unable to make it back for the next semester in time, because it was really close to the next semester that I was going to be doing. He said, if you don't make it for your next semester in time, then you will be going into the military. Uh, so I, we came to kind of an agreement on that. I also had to raise $2,500 in about two weeks to be able to get the visas, the passports, and everything else that I need to get expedited. And so everything worked out. But here's the thing. It was the most difficult, it was a really difficult part of my life that I had to go through. If I had just listened to God in the first place and I had done what he said and went in the direction that he had told me to go when it was still the summer, I wouldn't have had to go through all of these all these more difficult things inside of my family, sending out hundreds of support letters to people to hopefully get the money within two weeks so I could do what God had called me to do. And like I said, even though it worked out, I so wish I could go back and change that part of my life because it was such a difficult thing and it also caused division inside of my family that never would have happened if I had just listened to God in the first place. But when you listen to God and you do what he says, you will fulfill the calling that God has placed in your life in that time. So here's the thing. Most people say that they wanna hear from God. I'm gonna end with this. Most people say that they wanna hear from God, they wanna discern his voice. But I want you to truly reflect on your life right now, whether you take a few moments to close your eyes or maybe later tonight, I want you to reflect on what does your relationship with God look like? 
Are you close to him? Are you distant? Is he more of an acquaintance in your life? Do you speak to him once a month? Do you speak to him once a week? Like what does your relationship with God look like? And if you take anything from this sermon at all, if you haven't been listening for the past, who knows how long that I've been talking. If you haven't been listening, take this one thing. Make a determination right now in your life that you are going to grow in your relationship with God. Make this moment right now a time when you're going to say, no more are the days where I'm not going to read his word. No more are the days where I'm not going to pray to God. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go hard in the paint and I'm going to have a relationship with God because I want him to speak life into me. I want him to speak to me what his calling is in my life. Every single one of you has a purpose. Every single one of you can make a difference. But the fact of the matter, if you don't have a relationship with God, your purpose and you making a difference is going to be so far out of the way because you're going to be distracted from everything else in life because God is not going to be speaking to you because you won't be able to discern his voice. You won't be laying down like Samuel and hearing his voice. You're going to be thinking that it's Eli speaking to you when really, God's trying to get a hold of your life, but you won't be able to do that because your relationship with him, you you won't even know that it's him speaking to you. Make a determination today. Today is the day that my relationship with God will never be the same again. It will be different. Today is the day where I will have a greater relationship with him because I want him to do something through me that he has never done before. He wants to use you. I don't care who you are what walk of life you've came from. I don't care what you've done in the past. Listen, Jesus Christ died on a cross for us so that those things, so that those things can be, so that those things can be taken care of. The fact that it matters is that God has called you to make a difference. He has called you to be a part of the body of Christ. And he wants to use you for a specific purpose and for a specific reason. Let your relationship with God go to a different place today. Some of you, you might not have a relationship with God at all, though. Some of you have never had a relationship with God, and you're like, I don't even know how God can speak to me if I don't have a relationship with him. The first start in making a relationship with God is accepting Jesus Christ into your life and starting a relationship with Jesus. That is the first point that you can make. Let me tell you, some of you in here, if you're not, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ in your life, I want to give you an opportunity to accept him into your life. Maybe you're thinking, I, I want to hear from God. There are people out there who pray to God who don't know who God is. They just think maybe there's something out there. Maybe there's somebody out there who will listen to me. Maybe there is a higher power. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you have you've heard about Jesus. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ, he loves you so much. He came and he died for you so that the things that you've done wrong, that you wouldn't have to pay that debt. He went to the cross for you, specifically spilled his blood so that you wouldn't have to pay a debt that you were supposed to pay. All of us, each and every single one of us that have ever lived on this earth, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and we all deserve hell. Hell is a very real thing, but heaven is a very real thing as well. And Jesus is very real, and he is the savior of us, and he died on the cross so that you one day could accept him, that you might reach out and grasp onto his hand, trying to hold out to you, trying to save you. And if you reach out and grasp him, he will save you. His blood will cover your heart, your sins will be forgiven, and you will be able to spend an eternity 
in heaven by his side where there's no pain, where there's no discomfort, where there's no tears, there's no cancer, there's no diseases. I have multiple sclerosis. I won't have multiple sclerosis anymore. Maybe I'll get a hole in one in golf every single time that I shoot a ball. I don't know what it's gonna be like, but the fact of the matter is I know that it's gonna be perfect. And I wanna give you that opportunity today. If you've never started a relationship with God, if you've never started a relationship with Jesus, I wanna give you that opportunity today. Maybe there's some of you out there who's saying, my relationship with God, it hasn't been good and it hasn't been good for a long time and I I need to rededicate my life. I need to dedicate my life again to God and make sure that this decision is a firm decision I have in my life to make sure that my relationship with him goes to another level. And so if you'd like to rededicate your life or if you wanna accept Jesus Christ into your life for the first time, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross and I believe that he rose from the grave. And right now, God, I accept your grace. I accept your mercy and I accept your salvation. I commit my life to you and Jesus, I ask you to come and live inside of my heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for those people right now that are accepting Jesus Christ or maybe you're rededicating your life to Jesus Christ right now. And hey, if this is a first time decision that you are making, if you can type in the exclamation, if somebody can type in the exclamation in the chat exclamation point next level, if you made a decision today to follow Jesus and start a relationship with him, what I would ask you to do is click on that link. We want to give you some information. We don't don't want to hassle you or come after you or anything like that, but you might have some questions because a lot of people, they say, okay, I just made this big decision, but now what? I don't know what to do after that. We want to help you. Maybe you have questions. We would love to be able to reach out to you and be able to help you with those questions that you have. How do I pray? Where do I start reading my Bible? Other questions that you might have as well. We want to be able to be there with you and walk on this journey with you because it is not the end of something but it's the beginning of something brand new that is amazing in your life. But once again, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here. And um, like I said, listen, I want to see people changing. I just want to see people changing and people falling into a deeper loving relationship with Jesus. Like I said before, make today a day. Make today the day that you are determined to have a closer, more dedicated relationship with Jesus than you ever have before. God bless you guys.